find me somewhere nice that I can pull over and, and have a little chit chat with you. So thank you for having me. Sure. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, being in a car, I know you're probably traveling a lot. So normally it lasts an hour, hour and a half, but if you got to go at any time, feel free to stop me because I do ramble sometimes. Okay. So it's not even like video live. It's all, all audio. It's all audio. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I was going to try to like put in a nice background and that's why it was taking me a bit. And I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't waste any more time on that then. Okay. Nah. You ain't got to worry about all that stuff for me. I, I, I had somebody ask me one time, like, what do I need to wear? I'm like, just as long as you're wearing clothes, I don't care because it's all audio. <laughs> I got you. Cool. I didn't know that. I thought that's why I thought it was video. I was like, well, shoot, I need to find somewhere and pull over. But yeah, go ahead. Right. Everybody, this is the Georgia Songbird. We're here, Mr. Jonathan Lynn, uh, singer songwriter. You're out of Kentucky, right? You're from Kentucky originally. That's right, Paducah, Kentucky, on the Ohio River. All right, introduce yourself, Jonathan. Well, hey, everybody. As Jesse just said, this is Jonathan Lynn. I'm from Paducah, Kentucky, and I'm a singer songwriter. I think you said all those words already, but in case you wanted to hear it from my voice, you got to hear it from me. Right, they hear my voice all the time. So. <laughs> Now he's in his car, ladies and gentlemen. You can't say that because I was telling him, uh, which you probably hear some of this too, is that I don't ever use audio or video. I always use audio just because of where I'm at. My internet sucks. Windstream will never sponsor this show because that's the only people that come out here for internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I can I can badmouth them all day long. Uh, but tell about how you got started because I've. I've I haven't met you. This is the first time I actually got to meet you. I've had you in the countdown before. Uh, you've been playing. I play you on a radio station, uh, but I haven't actually got to to physically meet you or talk to you live. Uh, so, kind of tell everybody a little bit about you. You know how you got started. Well, uh, for me, uh, I got started. Uh, first of all, thank you for playing my music. I definitely appreciate that. Um, I know y'all y'all played a lot for "I Want My Country Back." So, um, but yeah, actually, I got started. Uh, True story. When I was about five years old. I was watching a movie called Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox in it. I remember that one. And, uh, you know, this one particular movie, he goes back to the 1950s and he's scooting across the stage singing Johnny Be Good. And I remember watching that as a kid and I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. And that's what I want to do when I grow up. Well, I had Jesse, I had a big problem about being shy. You couldn't get me to get uh, stand up in front of people and even think about singing without getting all shook up. You know, Elvis Presley's All Shook Up should have been my theme song because that's how nervous I was. But my family knew how much I wanted to sing and they figured out a way to bribe me out of my shyness and they did it. Now, this sounds kind of weird, but I'm from Kentucky, so y'all roll with this. But it sounds kind of weird, but they would bribe me with a woman at five years old. Jesse, how old were you when you started with the ladies? Uh, I wasn't five. Yeah. So not many <laughs> people can beat my record, but there's more to the story. Paul Harvey would always say, now here's the rest of the story. Well, my aunt and uncle would say, Johnny, if you'll get up and sing us a song in the living room, completely acapella back then, before puberty. and But I would... Uh, I'd get up and sing a song, but they said, if you'll get up and sing us a song, we'll take you to the gas station and let you pick out whatever little Debbie cake your heart desires. <laughs> so at five years old, my tongue and lips were all over little Debbie's honey buns. And I'm not even going to ask it, whatever age you were when your tongue and lips. And, yeah, we want but that was the start, but that only lasted so long because I went right back into my shyness. If I wasn't singing for my family, I still would get nervous. So it took till I was 23 years old and I joined an acapella group in college and we won first place in a talent show singing a 1957 song called Come Go With Me from a group called the Dell Vikings. And that uh, that led us to uh, traveling around and it was almost like a dream come true because while it was doo-wop sound, it still made me think of Michael J. Fox, even though it's a big difference from Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good. And that is what actually gave me that push to come out of my shyness and actually do what I love to do. And that's what I've been doing now. Uh, of course, I can go deeper into that story, but that's what I've been doing now for uh, 18 years. Wow. Time flies. It does. I'm 46 years old and I'm like, what happened to yesterday? <laughs> what happened to 19 yeah. when I was in Nashville trying to chase my songwriting stuff? And I, it's funny you said back to the future. Cause I did a little bit of reading on you because that, that's kind of where I went to. John, that that movie, I remember when it came yeah. out. I, that movie made me want to play guitar. And nice. There's a video. I still can't play that way. But there's a video of him. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, but what he's actually playing compared to what is actually <laughs> what the Johnny <laughs> Be Good, and it's nowhere near the same. 
wow. I was like, no, you cannot destroy my childhood with that video. Take it off YouTube. Get it away from me. I don't want to see it. Well, well, see, now I'm curious, but I don't know if I need to go and watch that because it'll steal that away from me, too. Don't do like it. You <laughs> but, but I'm curious. You know, it's like curiosity killed the cat. So it's like, should I do it or should I not? I don't know. I may stop at Dairy Queen later and get me a blizzard, and then I'll uh, I'll pull it up and watch it. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember watching this. I, I thought it was such a cool thing because I loved the movie. I love the second one probably more than the first one. But that was yeah. such an iconic movie. And what was it, 2015, when they actually had the uh, reunion? And because it was – in the yep. movie, when he went to the future, it was the year 2015. Yep. So yeah. that, that's just crazy. Yeah. Man, you're, you ain't kidding, though, how time flies. But, um, you know, we all got things we probably would do different in life. But I, I'm glad I'm I'm blessed to have uh, the path that God gave me. Um, been a little bumpy at times, but as an independent uh, artist that's running around the country, I love doing what I do. Uh, do a lot of work for American Cruise Lines, which I did. I hear from a little birdie that uh, your son just got married on a cruise or engaged. Uh, he got riverboat. Riverboat. He, he yeah. got married on a riverboat in Savannah. Yeah. Well, how that about was, that? What, which cruise was it for? Uh, if you hadn't asked me, I probably could tell you. It was um, Queen something Queen. I can't, I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember now. I just remember that. Uh, and he's he's my oldest, so he's twenty six. He he married his high school sweetheart, uh, and I'll be damned. It's funny because I've always wanted to go on a riverboat. I always loved the movie The Maverick. I want to go on a riverboat and go gambling. That's my like dream vacation. And he gets married on the riverboat. I'm like, you're taking away my thunder, son. But it was so much fun, and I was so proud of him. He he he's uh he's worse the Air Force now. He's a civilian employee. My wife is actually military, so she kind of helped him go through school. But he got his master's. Uh, he graduated from Georgia Southern, got his master's from Kennesaw. Uh, now he's married. His, he's helping his wife go through school. And uh, I can be prouder of the boy. Well, yeah. Well, definitely. So, see, and then you got to you get to live a little bit of that through him being on that riverboat. So, yeah. And that's cool. Thank you for your family for their service for our country. Absolutely. I love servicemen and women and our veterans. I was raised as a kid. My mother had a bumper sticker on the back of her pickup truck. I learned so much from my mother and just the, uh, the different folks that were in my life and my family. But she had this bumper sticker that said, if you love your freedom, think of it. And that's mm -hmm. been engraved in me since I was a little kid, just like old rock and roll, old country music. So many great, uh, great things instilled in me. So I love it. Yeah, I, my dad had one. It wasn't that nice. It was something about shooting a redneck, <laughs> which well, is I, funny because he was a redneck too. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get the gist of his his uh, his bumper sticker. Like, Daddy, you're you're a redneck. You're a biker. What do you, why do you have that on there <laughs> next to your rebel flag on your truck? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like that. I'm confused. Are you wanting somebody to shoot you? <laughs> basically. Yeah, I I was, you mentioned your song. Like I said, you guys, if you've been listening to the show and you you know I do that, I'm a songwriter. I have a band. I play too, and I this is how I help everybody. And your song you mentioned, I want my country back. Uh, and he's talked about earlier was in the Georgia Songbird Weekly Top Ten Countdown, and that's just a fun thing for everybody to get exposure and play it. And it retired. And uh, I don't know if Barbara got a hold of Muriel, who runs a radio station in Paris, so you can get your little feature at there too. Uh, that was a great song. My wife loved that song. She she listened to the countdown some, but she hears music all the time. She's just like she hears me playing on the guitar when I'm trying to work out a song, you know. And it's not yeah. it's not a song yet. It's basically chords and cats meowing, and then once it becomes a song. But she really liked that one. And then uh, Barbara sent me one, your new one, or y'all sent me one that she went to Harvard. And it's funny oh, yeah. that when, when y'all sent me that, I've got twins that are fourteen, so they're kind of looking at college now, boy and girl. The girl was literally showing me pictures where she just went to Harvard to, to see the school because she went to Salem and they visited yep. Harvard. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, she went to Harvard and then it sounds like your daddy, um, which I'm probably sure that you were raised up with those redneck kind of style, which I and I, I don't I don't mean that uh, in a negative way because shoot, I, that's some of the greatest people you ever meet is the mm -hmm. rednecks, the people that are just down to earth. Um, and I'm not calling everybody rednecks. But don't take it that way. Um uh, but I always call us hillbillies. Actually, There's a difference. Hillbillies don't know any better. <laughs> there we go. Hillbillies. Yeah. Hey, I've been called a hillbilly before. Um, I've been called a lot of things. But yeah, I love that song. She went to Harvard. 
uh, it's, it's just a huge play on words. It's, well, she went to Harvard and I went to Wayland. And then I was going to say that that's probably a lot of the stuff you were raised on. If your dad's a, a biker or, uh, you know, I could definitely envision that Wayland Jennings, Merle Haggard, um, the music that you don't hear that much anymore, but the music that influenced so many great singers and songwriters today. Yeah. He, when he was alive, it was a lot of Hank Williams Jr. A lot of, uh, he loved Pink Floyd. That was his favorite, but my my uh, granny and her sister i remember when i was younger they'd be on their houseboat and there was a lot of weight and a lot of johnny paycheck uh just all that old timey country they were sitting there because my papa would play guitar that's where i kind of picked it up and he would play and i just remember them getting drunk on a houseboat playing delta dawn and playing uh all these old timey country songs i'm like that's how i grew up yeah (laughs) how about you you said five does does anybody in your family play or where'd you kind of get influenced from they all play the radio. Uh, they okay. do that very well. Um, no, actually, it, I've got I've got some family, some distant family that had, had a gospel group. But as far as um, as far as immediate family, really, it's just uh, been a vision and a dream of mine since I was a kid. And so, everything I would listen to as a kid just really influenced me in in some shape or form. Hank Williams Jr. was a big influence. I followed his story. Um, you know, and it all started out when I would watch like the movies. I don't know if you remember, there was a movie called Living Proof, and it was a Hank Williams Jr. story, and John Boy Walton, Richard Thomas played played uh, played Hank Jr. And so, just that 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 uh, struggle he had, where he is he was in the image of his father, and uh, he was trying to find him his own self. But um, yeah, I mean, just uh, everything from. Hank Jr., uh, I never was like the world's biggest Elvis fan, but I was an Elvis fan. Mm-hmm. Buddy Holly was one of my biggest heroes in rock and roll music, and I studied him very much. Of course, again, I watched the movie, The Buddy Holly Story, which was Gary Busey from 1978. Uh, La Bamba was a big movie, 1987 maybe, with Lou Diamond Phillips. So, matter of fact, I credit, I do uh, La Bamba in my shows that I do on the riverboats, and um, as a matter of fact, I credit when I throw in a little bit of that. It's like, well, the only reason I actually know the the words or what they sound like, because I don't speak Spanish for sure, I, but I say is because I watched La Bamba fourteen hundred times. Actually, it's fourteen hundred and one because I watched it the other day too. But uh, but that's you know that's the kind of stuff that influenced me, and that's what I dove into. Same way with country music. Uh, when I was a kid, I'd watch all those movies, uh, like the Tammy Wynette story. Uh, any any documentaries like on people George Jones Conway Twitty got to go to Twitty City when I was a kid. So country music wise, Conway Twitty is probably my biggest hero. That is his song. Always I always ask this question too, and, and his song "That's My Job" is probably the story of my life. And if yeah. and like I said, because my dad actually passed away, he was fifty four years old. He was only killed on his motorcycle like fifteen years ago, and I re- I remember. If, if I'm not careful when I hear that song, it will get me every time. It was just because it's when I was a kid, I wanted to, we fought like all kids do. And I want to move to California and get out and songwriters. And then he died and I wrote him a song. And I, that to me always touched me. And I always I like to ask my guest, what is a song of yours that you've listened to that will basically is a story of your life? You kind of talk about Conway, but what's the, what's, what song would be like the story of your life? Well, Jesse, it's kind of, uh, ironic that you bring up that's my job because for me it would probably be a song that's on my latest album and it's called dad does and uh, i actually was pitched the song from a songwriter in north carolina uh shellam klein who also is a a phenomenal singer songwriter Mm -hmm. but he gave it to me and i instantly uh because a lot of people don't know this but i grew up without a physical father in the household uh, never met him so my mother played the role of my my father and my mother and uh, lord knows i was a handful <laughs> but when i was given this song it, it was a story about it takes a, a special kind of tough and love to love like a father does and while i never had that i saw that through my mother but i instantly fell in love with the song not only because of that because also the envision that one day I'd be a father myself and that's the way that I would love my son or daughter. So uh, for me, uh, out of my personal collection of songs would be dad does. And um, 
y'all get a chance go stream that one uh you can find that anywhere it's out there it's on my latest album but it's called dad does and that's that's the one that hits home for me and what we'll do is i always let play we'll play three of your songs while i'm talking to you i'll just share the screen and we'll play it so do you want to start off with dad does since we kind of told, told the story of it and everything yeah let's do that all Off right. my latest image of me. Who's the one that first saw you in life? Who was there when you first began to cry? Who's the one that helped rock you back to sleep? Piggyback rides bouncing on one knee. A monster fighter, Santa Claus rolled into one. He'll take all your late night calls. He's your worries, big or small. He can't always hold your hand, but he's got your back. He showed you wrong from right with the way he a tender kind of tough to love like a dad does Who helped you bury the family dog, change your tires fix your first broken heart Who's the one that got you that first job your first drink till he cut you off When the real world came That's written by Shellam Klein, but when I, I first heard it, I was like, wow, I just I instantly fell in love with it. Now, so you mentioned something that I think because I, I talk with a lot of songwriters and a lot of artists, and they always have a question of like pitching songs. Now, do you openly take pitches? How do you go about it? What do you look for? Tell everybody that's listening if they want to do that for you, help you out. Well, absolutely. Uh I, I sure do. I'm always you, that's the thing. You, you never know what what Jim little hidden gem that a songwriter has um but i, I sure do take take uh songs that people want to pitch um so if you want to shoot me an email uh, i'm sure you can uh, maybe tag that in the in the uh in the post but it's blend b-l-e-n-d book at gmail.com oh, or you okay. just shoot me a message on facebook uh instagram so either way just reach out to me uh if you want to tell me a little bit about what you got or if you don't want to tell me anything about it just send it to me I listen to a thing I get, and you know, as as a as a as an artist, um, I, I like the idea of the fact being independent that you can we we have a message we're trying to convey. You know that that 
speaks from our inner inner volumes and that's i guess when i'm looking for songs that's i'm looking for something that i can connect with and i always heard the story it's like don't don't record something that you don't absolutely 1000 percent love because you never know if that becomes something that just strikes with everybody (laughs) and becomes a big hit you'd be stuck singing that the rest of your (laughs) life and i always heard that george jones did not like he stopped loving her today Mm -hmm. i heard it too and unbelievably, the song becomes such a, a staple hit that he had to sing it all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the same way I always heard the same thing with uh, Blue Christmas for Elvis. They were cutting up in the studio and doing that, you know, when Millie Kirkham was doing that really high pitched part in the background, they were doing that because they were poking fun. They didn't really want to do that. And then all of a sudden, that becomes a staple Christmas song. So it's like, be careful with what you end up recording and the message you put out uh, because it could be something that'll stay with you forever. So. It's it's so funny you say that. I've had this conversation before, and I even have it on stage when I'm playing because there's a lot of times songwriters and artists, that they, they, they find their free bird song, as I call it, because it's one that everybody wants to hear over and over. And then you're like, well, I'm a songwriter. I want to, I want to play my other stuff. Like I got a song called Snuggle Bunny Everybody Loves. I play it all oh. the time, but I'm like, Okay, I got other songs, people. So what is yeah. your uh, Freebird or your Blue Christmas song that you have that maybe everybody else loves, but you're like, okay, it's eh, you kind of w- was worried about it or didn't care too much? <laughs> you know, I've, probably the one, the, the one, and I don't mind singing it, was the first song I, I ever recorded. It was called You Will Never Leave My Mind, and that was written by a country music singer named Ronnie McDowell and exclusively given to me. Um, and that one, that, that lines up perfect with a movie called The Notebook. And I, I love the message of that. Um, and that's always special to me. But there was a song um, that I'm of a songwriter I met. His name was Bernie Faulkner. And uh, he's, if he's, he listens to this, he's going to be like, why'd you record it? But <laughs> when I first heard it, I absolutely loved it. We did a music video for it. And uh, people, people ask me to sing it quite often, but it's called A Woman Like That. But, um, I guess I don't know what happened between the time of me hearing the demo and recording it and doing the music video. I guess maybe because I just worked and sang that song so much that now it's like, yeah, I've got other songs. Let's do something else, you know, (laughs) and it's just out of probably everything I've recorded. That is probably my least favorite to perform. And it's just, uh, I'm the same way, like you said. But now I want to listen to that song you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, you know, I got other songs. Let's, let's pick something else instead of, of a woman like that. But I mean, no no disrespect to the songwriter, because at that time, I absolutely loved the song. But I guess uh, we just change as we grow up and get older, that's for sure. Let you hear it later. I'll after your at the interview. I hear, let you hear it off here because I, I I don't mind sharing my stuff. And I actually got a song that I would I I thought about pitching to you that I think okay my voice is okay I can sing I can write, uh but you got a hell of a voice, you know. I always tell oh. tell people like me I'm like if I'm in a dark alley you're going to run you hear me singing to you you're not going to want to hang oh, around. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just it's not, it's not. There's radio friendly voices. I'm a very bluesy growly kind of singer. I'm just, I grew, that's, I said earlier, I grew up with bikers and Hank Jr. And Hank Jr., for all his greatest achievements, and he's a hell of a singer, he's got a great following, is not the best singer in the world. But he is, he does have his people. That's just kind of the same way. That makes a huge difference. So, so then your stuff is on Spotify as well. It is. It's, uh, the mine of, for my songwriter stuff that I do, it's under Jesse James Landers. That's the stuff that I put out as songwriter. Uh, for my band, it's called Yes Ma'am. It stands for middle-aged men. So if you look for the yes, it's m.a.m. It's, it's, it's kind of clever for being in the South and because we're all around, we're all in our 40s playing, or we were when I started it. And that's that's the band stuff. Oh, well, I'm going to have to check both out. So I'll give you all a follow. And everybody uh, listening, y'all do the same. Yes, and listen to Jonathan's stuff. We're talking about Jonathan. He, his music is really, really good. The songs, the storytelling, the the way you sing, the productions, everything. So I heard that that Harvard song. That to me was I, I just I giggled. I was listening to it. I was like, because I'm the redneck in that story, and my daughter's going off to Harvard. And I was like, okay, I can I can kind of see where he's going. It, it's just it's one of those songs that is timeless. And you guys that are listening, check out all his other stuff. He's got a lot of great songs. 
Uh, we're going to hear some more of them here in a few minutes. But, uh, Jonathan, are you playing out? Where, where are you getting to go? Do you have, like, a schedule? I know you mentioned the riverboat and stuff, too. Yeah, so uh, I do a lot of work for American Cruise Lines. It's a um, an American, well, it's an American riverboat company. Uh, they they go all over the country, but uh, that's been my my biggest um, schedule filler this year, which I love. Uh, meet people from all over the the world, actually, uh, on those boats because people come from overseas to do those. But um, that, I mean, yeah, I still go all over the Midwest. Matter of fact, um, the the rest of this fall and uh, winter um i'm all up and down the highway still but yeah everything from fairs festivals bars restaurants mexican restaurants uh shoot you name it i probably have sang at it i've been asked to sing at funerals and i'm like well i don't know how we will schedule that uh if you're still living <laughs> right i'm saying at weddings and but yeah people are like uh you don't forget you're singing at my funeral and i'm like well when is it and they're like well i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> it's hard for me to tell you if I can do that, but people cut up, you know, that's what they're doing. It's just cutting up. And, but one guy ran into him at a gas station. He said, now don't forget, you're supposed to be working on Gene Watson's farewell party for my funeral. And I was like, I was like, I'll get out of here. His name's Tom. I'm like, Tom, get out of here. Go pump your gas and get back in your car. But he's serious. He just, he just lighthearted makes jokes about it, but yeah, he's serious. He's like, no, I'm serious. I want you to sing at my funeral. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know how I got off on that tangent. You get me talking, that's what happens with me. But, um, but yeah, just uh, playing all over, uh, being uh, Texas again, the beginning of the year, uh, go back down to the Rio Grande Valley and Corpus Christi, uh, where I shot the music video for a woman like that, which loved uh, the music video for it because we had the USS Lexington in behind us. So uh, that was neat. Like I said, I very much love my country and patriotic. So to have uh, that um, historical icon in the back of the video, of course, we're right there on the beach. Now, the only thing was is the lyric of the video or the song says, uh, sunsets hanging like a famous painting. And Corpus Christi does not have a sunset that comes over the water. The sun, it's a sunrise. So we had to go out early, early morning. And the videographer said, OK, we have like a five minute window to film this at like 5.30 in the morning to make it look like it's a sunset. So yeah, we had a fire out there on the beach and a bottle of wine all at 5.30 in the morning. People probably were, uh, well, there really wasn't anybody walking by. But if somebody was, they'd be like, my goodness, those people sure do stay out late, you know. But, um, but yeah, all that to say, uh, I'm staying very busy traveling. Uh, and that's that's what us independent artists have to do to get our music out there, is go out and beat the path. and sing our songs because if we don't nobody else will right and that's and and yet again when we talked about like the pitch stuff a lot of times songwriter if you're a songwriter a lot of times a story you listen to their success story how you ask oh how'd you get started where how'd you do this how'd you get where you are there's always kind of the same thing as you find an artist who's young and starting out uh then that be young i mean i'm not young but i mean you know what i mean starting out in a career and you, you get onto their they hitch their wagon and they'll, they'll take you because most song like a big time artist they have songwriters they've been using since they begin they've been getting and they, they they've taken them with them and they use them george Strait used dean dylan on every album right he had a dean yeah. dylan song so that's how song songwriters do it artists is just you, you got to be heard like you said you got to be present to win you got to be there you got to get your name out as many places as you can and that's why I love doing this. I love helping other people and meeting people. Uh, you ever ever been playing in Georgia? You ever thought about coming to Georgia to play? Yeah. Well, matter of fact, I uh, thought I saw a post where uh, y'all are going to be at uh, doing a songwriter's night at um, Mad Mad Life. Mad Mad Life. Yeah. So actually, uh, I played there. I think probably two years ago. Did you? Um, but yeah, I used to play just north of um, Atlanta. In Marietta, Georgia, I perform at a little theater, and I heard uh, not too long ago that it's no longer in that, in running, but it was a it was like their little black black box theater for the Atlanta Atlanta Lyric Theater in Marietta, Georgia. So I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't looked it up to see, but um, I always love that. I love doing the little theaters like that where it's intimate, 
get you know you get 30 40 people that's that's a nice like you know when when those places only hold 50 people you get mm-hmm. 30 40 people that's that's a nice little uh intimate setting you can tell your story and uh, have a good time with folks so yeah mad mad life is is my neck of woods cherokee county we we're right here playing i played on mad life the band's played there uh i'm 30 minutes from marietta i know exactly what you're talking about yeah which marietta that's where um it was it was a big kfc right oh the big, the big chicken the big chicken yeah now did somebody tell me they were trying to take that down don't know. I I cannot imagine that they'll get away with taking that down. That's kind of a landmark here in in Georgia. Everybody knows where the big chicken is. You said the big chicken. They know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a staple for you. So, <laughs> so does that make you a Braves fan? Uh, yeah. I've I don't really watch baseball much. My papa they loved baseball, so I watched the Braves when I when I did watch it. I remember the, the years of Dale Murphy, Bob Horner. That's kind of the the time that I watched. Uh, the Braves, except for when uh, they had Smokes and uh, who was the, I don't remember all of them now. Greg, what was his name? Yeah, I had a girlfriend that was she wanted to be a sportscaster and she loved the Braves. Yeah, Greg Maddox. Maddox, yes. See, yeah, I remember Smokes. I just remember Smokes and Glavin. That's the only ones I can remember off that side. John Smokes. Oh yeah, for sure. How about you? Are you yeah, a Braves been, fan? No, actually, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, which I y'all can't see it, but. I'm, <laughs> Cincinnati Reds ball cap today and I'm wearing a red shirt so yeah um as a matter of fact you know there's a lot of musical talent that's ran through the Reds organization including Bronson Arroyo he's a phenomenal uh songwriter as well but um I know like I said we're getting off on a tangent but you're in the mountain area then aren't you Mm -hmm. that's why my internet sucks (laughs) (laughs) that's part of it I need to come visit then yeah, you're more than welcome. I tell everybody who comes here because normally I do these live, but mm-hmm. for like yourself, I know you're far away. You can't obviously can't come to the, to the studio or the gazebo. I either do it in the studio that I'm building. That's what you see behind me as I'm building the studio, uh, or how I started and I still do it every now and then is weather permitting. Is I do it in a gazebo outside. Now the gazebo is next to my family graveyard. We have a family graveyard that normally I don't tell anybody about, but anybody who's listening to the show knows that I have one, but it's, it's always funny to watch somebody come up and then see that there's, there's graveyard right in front of where we're talking. And when it gets like, if you come up now, cause of time change, it gets dark. <laughs> it freaks people out. And it's just so much fun for me to do that. Cause I love watching them just kind of, what is that? What is that noise? We, <laughs> we did it in, in tangents. I told you we'll get tangents on this all day long. Uh, there's a lady coming here. Uh, her band is Life is Mary, and she was coming from Atlanta, She so she's running late. So she came in October, like right around Halloween, and she got here like around 6. Well, it's 540. It's already getting dark. So I knew what was going to happen. So we got out there, and I have the Mac computer up there, and so the, by the light of the Mac is we're having conversations. But she's hearing all these squirrels and all these deer and all this noise coming from the woods behind us and the graveyard in front of her. She's freaking out. And it's like, oh my God, yeah. Jesse, what is it? It was just hilarious. I, I love that story. But uh, oh, let's get yeah. let's get another one of your songs in. Like I said, we can get sidetracked. I want to make sure everybody hears your music too. Uh what's your what's the next song you want to do, Mr. Jonathan? Well, you know, since we've been talking about she went to Harvard, uh, why don't we th- why don't we throw that one at the folks? All right. Is there a story you want to tell everybody about it? Because I, I love, like I said, songwriter myself, I love stories. Well, it's just, it's the fact that it's just a huge play on words. It's all that I, I love about it. Uh, but it, it paints a picture of who I am as, as a, as a Paducah, Kentucky boy. Um, you know, I grew up just simple life. I grew up and to enjoy the simple things in life. Um, you know, I've always been a firm believer that you, you don't have to be rich to be happy. Uh, so I didn't feel like I had to go off to some fancy college. I went to a junior college and then went to a a local university. Um, but I've always thought, you know, I could be the happiest just if I worked at a Dollar General store, I, that'd be perfectly fine with me. If I had uh, a happy, happy life and paying my bills, then that's it, that's what matters. And so this song kind of paints that because it's like, well, this girl is all fancy and she loves to have the fancy clothes. She wants the fancy food. And me, give me the the uh, burger and fries and hot apple McPie from McDonald's. And, you know, so like, give me the RC Cola 
and a moon pie, and she can go and have her fancy cake. But for me, I'll take a little bit of Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson. I'm simple. It's called She Went to Harvard, and I went to Wayland. Now, you, you mentioned Marcy killed in a moon pie. My neighbor. I, know, I thought they might hit home for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. my my. It's funny. My neighbor, uh, Tony, across the street, he's right off 20. He's got like a gas station looking thing in front of his house. It's not a real gas station, but he likes that old stuff. Well, when mm-hmm. I was picking the kids up at the bus stop, he would always grab them. Like, hey, you want to come over? He'd take them to the his little garage and give them an RC Cola and a Moon Pie. And they oh. loved it. <laughs> oh, shoot. I need to come live at your house then right. go to his house every day. All right. So we can listen to She Went to Harvard before I start talking about Moon Pies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. It, it reminds me a lot of Young Country. We talked about Hank Jr. earlier. Mm-hmm. It reminds oh, yeah. me. I love that. Yeah. I, I, that was when, when I was a kid. I tell people this a lot. Like the, the country that I absolutely love was New Country when I was a kid. And yeah, you'd hear, We are Young Country. We are the pride. Mm-hmm. Sons and the daughters. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a kind of Hank Jr. stuff. Um, of course, I love that 70s, 80s stuff of his, but yeah, Young Country, Born to Boogie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 
all over uh, hell, but my heaven can't be found. So, man, he, he had some really, really good stuff. Yep. He did a cover with Huey Lewis, uh, Can't Judge a Book, by looking at the cover. I loved his. I didn't know. I didn't even know that wasn't his. I thought. I thought it was. His, he did such a good job. I was a kid too. I didn't really pay attention to the younger stuff. But that to me, that that I love that. And I love you mentioned Born to Boogie. That whole album, Wild Streak, was probably one of my favorite albums of his. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool, man. I always love chatting with people that that know this. We, we share the same kind of music interests. That's for sure. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I I tell you, what, I I know. We probably aren't to that point yet, but um, another song that I absolutely love, and it's it's off this latest album as well, is a song that I co-wrote with a friend of mine in Peoria, Illinois, Cindy Gibson, and she she had the idea for her and her husband, and uh, he recently passed away, um, super young, and so now the song really means a lot to her. But um, she she said, I have this idea about you know I want to write a song because my husband is my my best friend and my soulmate. And so we sat down and it was right when COVID had happened. And we just sat there and probably within an hour's time had this song written. Uh, and then, then it changed it to make it fit so it could be a duet and have a female sing with me. But um, it's called Made You For Me. And I don't know, it, it it's just, you know, you, as a songwriter yourself, you probably... You know, like you get the weirdest ideas at the weirdest times uh, for a song and you have to write that stuff down right away or else you'll forget it. For me, uh, it'll happen when I'm driving and that's terrible. I have a hard enough time staying on the road, but I will take my phone and turn on the little voice recorder and I have multitudes of these little videos or these uh, sound clips where I'm recording lines and then because it's what happened is like then you get a phone call or something comes up and it's like, crap what was that i was thinking of oh i don't know i already forgot and there's people that'll send me videos uh because they'll video when i'm just being silly at a show the same way and they're like hey i like what you did with your mess around i'm like what did i do and they're like we videoed it we'll send it to you but luckily that day um we sat there and just i was in their living room and pretty much we had i would say 90 percent of this song uh all written out the other part came when i was riding my bicycle um, was just like staring around at all the, the beauty. And it made me think of uh, the first line. It was like, he made the earth in just one day and he made a man and woman out of clay. Um, and then that led right into the fact of the idea of the song was God made you for me. And so, um, but yeah, he, he, you probably know, you could probably tell stories too. Like the weirdest times you get ideas for songs. And oh, yeah. I wrote, I got an idea for a song walking in a Kroger one time. I'm walking in a Kroger and this guy walks in front of me and he's younger. He's probably maybe in his thirties, more like late twenties. And he's in his little Birkenstocks and he's vaping. And I'm like, where are all the men? <laughs> so I, I wrote a song and the first line in this song is John Wayne never wore skinny jeans. Oh yes. And it's called where are all the men? And that's, and there's like Jack Daniels never needed Jolly Ranchers. And I mean, it was, it, there's a whole lot of just stuff I threw in there that it's like, it, it just, it's funny because I, I, I grew up with a biker family and my, my wife says I'm a little outdated on some things because I'm kind of too macho for my own good, I guess. But I'm like, I, people could be here. They want, I don't care. But I mean, just the, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm walking behind this guy vaping with his little Birkenstocks and his, I mean, it just, it just tickled me. I just couldn't stop giggling. And that, that song came out of it. I haven't recorded it. I recorded on me playing, but I hadn't recorded, recorded it. But like you, I've got probably about 500 different uh, audio recordings just on this one phone. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. He just held up his phone. If y'all, well, I was going to say, if y'all didn't see that, but you didn't see that. Right. But yeah. He just held up his no joke. That is our, that, that's gotta be like, like our best friend for a, uh, trying to keep ideas down as, as your phone. So and kids will give you ideas too. my kids. I, oh my God. I, I've, I've gotten one song uh, that I just, I, I can't sing it. It's one of those songs. And I'm sure you've written songs that, you know, as a songwriter too, is you write songs. Sometimes they don't fit your voice. They don't fit your style. And this is yep. one of them. It's a, it's called the balloon. It, my son, like I have twins and they were probably like three or four at the time. And he gets out of the car, this balloon, and his sister gets out and she, her balloon flies away and she starts 
crying because you know, she's a kid. And he goes over there and he says, it's okay, sissy. It's going to heaven. I'm like, oh, oh. And so I, the, so I wrote a song called The Balloon. And it's like, uh, it basically the story is a guy f- trying to fight for his kid's life. But the kid, yeah. and he's, he's the, he's, the kid is dying. He's got a cancer. He's dying. So the guy is the balloon holding on by a string. So that's, that's how the story, yeah. I'll, let you, oh, I'll yeah. let you see the lyrics later, but it, at the end, but it's, it's one of those that are, it's so good. And I wish I had a better voice for it. I, I, I just can't sing it. I, and I wrote it. It probably needs a little bit of melody change to it. It needs some work, but the, the story and the structure is so good. And I know it's good. It's just, I got it from my kids. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. You, as songwriters, we're always like keeping our ears and eyes open for those great ideas. And yeah, it sounds like you got a perfect one right there from just your son going over to your daughter and saying, it's all right. And, and then I, heaven. and then I got one from my daughter coming in. Cause I told you earlier, my wife's military. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she was gone for years. She was mobilized and my daughter comes in and I'm sitting there picking, you know, you know, pick on a guitar. Sometimes you just play music to try to get some kind of an inspiration. And so I'm laying yeah. on bed and I'm just picking and she walks in she goes, daddy, my pajamas are wet. And I'm like, I don't like sleeping in wet pajamas. And then it turns into a song called please come home. And what I did uh-huh. is I, <laughs> I took all the stuff when I was a kid that, you yeah. know, as, as a teenage boy and making stupid mistakes and some of the, the, uh, stuff when i was dating and it turned into uh i'm a i'm sorry song right like i'm sorry i did this i'm sorry i did that and i remember the first time i played it out live this lady i swear she goes does that guy know what an ass he is and i'm like, since that guy's me i absolutely know how much he is <laughs> oh wow. I, that's why i always ask the stories behind songs i love because sometimes it's nothing to do with the song like everybody interprets it different that's why i like to do that but let's listen oh, to yeah. Made You For Me. I'm going to pull that up. Is that on your uh, your new album? It sure is. Yep. Let me share the screen with you. Yep. Made You For Me. And is, is it her name, Bryn? She's the one that's in it? Yeah, Bryn Black. Yep. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute us, Jonathan, and play Made You For Me. Thought 
That's another good one. Where do you record at? I go to a studio um, called A Writer's Paradise in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm sorry, Gallatin, Tennessee now. Um, but the producer is Stacy Hogan, and uh, phenomenal uh, singer, songwriter, but producer. You know, but uh, he actually has had Billboard awards for various different songs and has a band of his own called Sin Shake Sin. Uh, but that's enough of him. This is my time to talk. To <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, was, I met him through working with Ronnie McDowell. Um, so when I first started recording music, I remember Ronnie said, you know, I was used to the small town uh, recording studios that you'd pay by the hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, now, Jonathan, he said, this guy's a little different. And I said, what do you mean different? He said, well, you pay by the project. And I said, okay, so like, how much is that? And when I was told for my first two songs that I recorded, I actually had to break into my savings account. And, uh, you know, it sounds funny when, when I tell people that, but it, it pretty much depleted my savings. And then people are probably like, well, you didn't have much in savings. But here's the thing. I used to be an elementary school teacher. That's what I went to college for. And at the time, I was in an acapella group, and the acapella group had uh, progressed enough that we were able to go full time. So uh, we all resigned from our jobs that we had went to college for, which for me was elementary school that I taught for six years. And uh, we went full time with the acapella group and traveled all around the country and did that for two years. And uh, then the, the group disbanded. And I didn't want to go back to teaching, so I began a solo career. Matter of fact, I had an opportunity to work in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, as a lead in a show, an old-time rock and roll show and a country music show called Hazard County Holdown, which was a spinoff of the Dukes of Hazard, but country style. And uh, I ended up turning that down as I didn't feel right about the, uh, the, the agreement with the contract. And so I instantly was like, well... Um, no money's coming in. I need to do something. So I began a solo career and had been working with Ronnie McDowell, who sang songs like Older Women, Watching Girls Go By, I'd Make Love You in a New York Minute. Uh, those are just a few of his songs, but I was a backup singer for him as well as uh, opened up shows for him. And he had told me, he said, Jonathan, he said, I've got some songs uh, that I've written. And he said, matter of fact, he said, I have a song I just wrote. And he said, I think you need to listen to it and record it. And nobody else had recorded it. And that was a song I talked about earlier called um, You Will Never Leave My Mind. Well, I also had the idea. I said, Ronnie, what if I took your song Sheet Music that you recorded in the late or in the 80s? Um, and I put that back out because that was a song of his that was supposed to be released as a as a single through Curb Records. And at that time, the movie Ghost uh, with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore was a huge movie on the blockbuster screen. And Curb Records wanted to put out a country version of Unchained Melody. So they had Ronnie McDowell do that. And that pushed this other song of his, Sheet Music, to the side. So I said, Ronnie, why don't I just do a modern take on Sheet Music? And he said, well, I'd love that. And I said, would you? And he said, yeah, because that'd be two songs of mine you record. And you have to pay uh, royalties on two songs. (laughs) So anyhow, I said, "Okay, I'll go to this producer. And uh, I did that. And I depleted my savings for the most part. But here's why is because when I resigned from teaching school, um, I was still paying all my student loans, but I had a a nice chunk in my savings. And I thought, you know what? I'm not using my uh, degree. I I put my teaching certificate on hold and I thought, it'd be better if I just pay off my student loans. So that's where the vast majority of my savings went was to pay off my student loans. So what little I had left going into the studio, I was like, ah, do I really want to deplete my the rest of my savings on recording two songs but i'm so glad i did i'm so glad i stepped out on faith and i put it out as a single you probably remember back in the day walmart used to sell cd singles you remember that they had the cassette singles and it was a cd single well ronnie told me he said put that out as a single and i said just two songs he said yeah and he said sell it at ten dollars a piece and this was you will never leave my mind and I want my country back. I'm sorry. And um, sheet music. And I said, $10. He said, trust me. He said, there's a message that the world wants to hear there. And like I said, it's about dementia. And it was, uh, um, it fits in perfect with the movie, The Notebook. So anyhow, I put that out. And as a grassroots uh, means, I traveled around performing the songs and would sell those at my merchandise table. And, um, 
Anyhow, I was hopeful I'd sell 200 copies. I ended up selling over 1,500 copies of that two-song disc because people loved it so much. And it's still that song that people love to hear uh, because it was the first one I came out with, but because of the message of it. And I made so many fans through that song. But um, yeah, for sure. Um, I was so blessed to to link up with Stacy Hogan. At the, I'm telling you, you get me talking, I have no problem telling stories. I've done many radio interviews and people are like, now, uh, do you have a problem talking? And I'm like, you get me started, I won't lift up, man. I'm telling you. But anyhow, uh, that one single funded my whole album project of my debut album called Self-Titled Jonathan Lynn. And then uh, I released I Want My Country Back the same way, put that out on a disc, and it sold very well. And so before I even released the full album, the album was paid for. And then, you know, that's how it works. You sell that album, and that helps you fund the next album. And so... Um, I've been blessed, Jesse, for sure. And it's it's great to be. I had a guy ask me last night when I was in Riverboat. He said, he said, you're an independent artist. I said, yeah. And he said, well, he said, with your talent, he said, how come you haven't sold out to a record label? And I said, well, I'm not saying I wouldn't go with a record label. Uh, of course, that would definitely help. But I'm enjoying this season of my life right now where I can pull the reins whichever way I want. And I get to express myself uh, with the songs that I choose. And that's how we circle back to picking those songs out as as a, uh, a, a songwriter myself. But the message that I want to send out to people to show who is Jonathan Lynn? What is his style? What message does he want to give to people through his songs? Very much I'm huge into uh, love scenes. I love uh love songs, a good love song. The world can't get enough of it. I mean, that's what God tells us to do is to love each other. And so express that through a song. Heck, heck yeah. But when it comes to stuff like, uh, you know, you will never leave my mind. I'm not old enough to, to experience dementia. And I hope that I don't have to Alzheimer's, but in my family, yeah, there's been people that have been struck with that. And we can look through all of our genealogy and see people in our families that have had dementia and Alzheimer's. So that struck a nerve with me. And I was like, that's why I want to record it. I want my country back. Speaks about country music. This, the way I used to listen to, uh, and I still do today on my way, uh, driving up, uh, to head back home. I listen to a lot of eighties, nineties country, and that's the stuff you don't hear it much in mainstream radio. Everybody says all oh, country music is ain't the same. They don't do the, and I, I so wholeheartedly respect that thought, and I have that thought as well. But at the same time, I have such a huge respect for the artists today because they're influenced by the same stuff that you and I are uh, influenced by, Jesse. I mean, Hank Jr., Conway Twitty, Merle Haggard, all the stuff we've discussed today, we're influenced by that. And you can listen and hear that in different aspects of newer artists today. But, um, you know, like I said, I Want My Country Back is one of those songs that I was like, I relate to that wholeheartedly. Um, a love song I wrote called You're All I Need, influenced by a Sam Cooke song that I listened to. Um, I recorded a song written by Deborah Allen and Bobby Braddock. Bobby Braddock wrote He Stopped Loving Her Today, but it was a song called Thicker Than Blood. The message of that uh, could relate to. So as a songwriter and as an entertainer, a, a singer that's out traveling around the country, I love the fact that as an independent artist, I can grab the songs that I can relate to. I don't have somebody over me saying, don't do this, do that. And um, it's it's a huge sigh of relief. You can breathe and just be like, I can be who I want to be. The record label, on the other hand, would help a lot with the financial part of making those songs <laughs> become, uh, become heard to everybody for sure. But um, in the meantime, I just travel around the country being me, and that's Jonathan Lynn, a boy from Paducah, Kentucky. Yep. And see, that's that's one of the things that people, there's always this perception of, I made it. And it's different mm -hmm. for everyone. You just mentioned what you do. That, to you, that's make it. And that's great. And that's how, you know, everybody looks at it. They always have steps. And I, I look at it this way is the ultimate step. I ask people, where, where do you see yourself five, 10 years? And people go, some people ought oh, to be on the Opry. Okay, that's that's a giant leap. Take your steps. My mine was always I wanted to first when I wanted to do a I wanted to have a song that I cut, great or record. I got that. Then I wanted to do an album. I did that. 
Then I want to do a live EP. I just did that. Then I wanted to get a cut. I got a, I got a cut. I got a lady singing one of my songs in, in from Pittsburgh. She's a, she's a blues artist. She cut my song. I take baby steps. Well, I'll be on Opry. I'm, I'm 46 years old. I know better than to think that that's, that's going to happen. Could it maybe, am I going to worry about it? No, my version of making it is just getting music heard. That's all that I want to do. And that's just a songwriter. And that's what I'm glad. Like when I, I talk to all kinds of people, I talk to bands, songwriters are just starting. I got a buddy that's a Grammy nominated songwriter. I've talked to him. Uh, I wrote with Steve Dean. I wrote with Joe down the road. You know, that doesn't matter to me because everybody is on the same journey and the steps are already already laid out. I think what people have issues or they have problems with is their expectations are so high and they're not willing to wait because this is a wait and see kind of business. We know that you're playing, you're, you're making your money. You got to have fun. And if you take that away, when you do get signed, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought I had freedom. No, you're, you're in a business. Now they own you. And until you make them money, they're not going to listen to what your choice they're signing you because they liked what they heard, but this is what their vision of your career is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I've always heard. Um, and I, I had always heard too, that a lot of bands that have made it and artists say some of their best memories and the most fun they had was actually when they were, um, trucking it down the road on their own, going from gig to gig and having those stories of, the tires blowing out and the car breaking down or their RV, whatever it might be. And so I always try to just soak in that idea that uh, even like today, like, you know, I was traveling and was like, well, I can't do this while I'm driving to give it the best attention that I need. So I was like, I'll just find somewhere and pull over in a parking lot. And that's what I've done here in uh, Union City, Tennessee, right outside the Discovery Park of America. So I'm looking over, they got their Christmas lights already up, which is kind of crazy because I'm one of those that's like, come on, wait till after the day after Thanksgiving. But, you know, you you just soak up those moments where, well, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be for music. You just got to soak up life and enjoy every single moment. You can't do a thing about yesterday and you can't do a thing about tomorrow, but you're given today. And so we have to just, like I said, I hate to keep saying that, but just soak up every moment that we have. And I love the fact that as an artist traveling around the country, I have so much fun just being so spontaneous. So I have no idea what I'll do after uh, finishing this uh, podcast interview with you, but there's a good chance a Dairy Queen's going to be in the future. <laughs> Speaking of which, how are we doing on time? Because you're traveling. I don't want to hold you up too long. I said, we get long winded and we can talk. I can talk a year off. I know people are probably like, man, this guy likes to talk. They uh, say that about me too, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I, I sure would love to sit down with you in person, and I'm absolutely if you'll send me the some links to to your songs, especially the uh, what was it, cuddle, cuddle, snuggle bunny, snuggle, snuggle bunny. bunny. Yeah, yep. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna listen to that. So send me that so I can listen to that while I'm driving. But yeah, I should probably get off here. Um, okay, but you know. It was definitely an, a treat to be be a part of this with you here this evening. So I I sure appreciate this. You too. So before I let you go, though, tell everybody where they can find you, Jonathan, all your social medias, wherever that you want them to go to. Well, you find me anywhere, social media wise, as far as Facebook, Instagram. It's Jonathan Lynn, and I'm of course the guy that likes to spell it different. I throw an H in there, and uh, also throw an extra A instead of an O. So it's J O H N. A-T-H-A-N, and then it's Lynn, L-E-N. Jonathan Lynn Music. If you Google my name, Jonathan Lynn, and spell it that way, you'll find me. So hit that follow button, and uh, if you got any questions for me, uh, feel free to shoot me a message. I respond to my Instagram and my Facebook Messenger, so uh, I would love to to hear any questions. And uh, if you like the songs, you don't like the songs, just give me your feedback. And if you're a songwriter, you got a song you want me to hear, send it my way. Yep. And I'm going to send you something right now. I'm going to send you one so you can hear links to the stuff. And then uh, Snuggle Bunny, I'll send you from that. And yeah. I'll send you one from the band so you can kind of see that link too. And then okay. the song that I'm thinking of, um, like I said, it's called This Ain't That Song. I love the song. I think it's a great song, but I just think somebody else with a better voice will take it off and make it make it a hit. I just do. Uh, but I am procured in my song. I love, I'm, I'm like, people are like, oh, I don't like my song. Psh, hell with that. I like my songs. <laughs> <laughs> 
but thank you for for coming on john i've had such a good time and i'm gonna let you go because you're dry you're about to start driving um and i'll let you know before i send this out but i'll send you the the links to your messenger right now uh is it your it's your music messenger right for jonathan lynn the music page absolutely yep okay i'll send you the link so you can tune in to listen to some jesse james landers and some yes ma'am and uh your songs what i do for the countdown uh when when this airs i will put uh one of your songs in the countdown again she went to harvard since you just had a retired song guys you check his music out it's it's really really good you've heard just three songs from his new album he's got more go tune in go listen to him Uh, but thank you jonathan coming on the show thank you jesse y'all have a great night you do all right everybody it's jonathan lynn this is george songbird see ya